Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Right now, here is Reverend Talks with today's message. Real faith is of the heart. Good day everyone. Welcome once again to our teaching, our broadcast where we've been teaching about faith, the God kind of faith. In the first um, episode in this series, we talked about the fact that this God kind of faith, that every believer has it. Every believer has faith. In the second edition uh, episode in this series, we talked about how this faith can grow, the fact that our faith as believers can grow and what will cause it to grow? Us feeding it on the word of God and exercising it by putting it into practice. So this is the third in this series on the God kind of faith. Let's go to our theme text, Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, from verse 22 to 26. Mark 11, 22 to 26. It says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. And like we pointed out, that's the same as saying, Have the faith of God, which is the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven Forgive your trespasses. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you because of your holy word. Thank you for the faith that you've dealt to us through the new birth that we've got. Thank you for the opportunity to feed our faith on your word and to exercise it by putting it to practice in the arena of life. As we go into your word today, we trust that by your spirit, you open up your word to our spirits. Thank you for feeding us with your word, and we know that our lives will not be the same. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. All right. So, the third thing is, the third of the seven most important things about faith is what we are looking at today, which is the third episode in this series on the God kind of faith. And what's that? It's this real faith is of the heart and not of the head. Real faith is of the heart and not of the head. Let's look at Mark eleven twenty three again. So we could say that Jesus is saying, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart. Shall believe in his heart. Why? Because it's with the heart that man believes. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says, for with the heart, Romans 10, 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation the first part of that verse says with the heart man believeth with the heart man believeth so real faith is of the heart 
and not of the head. Real faith is of the heart and not of the head. Then in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Notice, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now, some folks practice that verse, but they practice it in reverse. They try to trust in the Lord with all their understanding, and they lean not to their own hearts. But that's not what the Word of God tells us. The Word of God says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. Or if you like, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own head. So, faith is not of the head. Faith is of the heart. Faith is of the heart. It's not of the head. So when we say faith is of the heart, what do we mean? Are we talking about that organ that's located uh, in most people on the left side of their chest? Some have their hearts on the right side. Uh, that they say the cardiac output is about 5.6 liters per minute. You know, is it that muscle that's pumping blood around our, uh, to the different parts of our body? Is that what we are talking about? No. When we talk about the heart, we're using that term in the figurative sense, just like the Word of God does. For instance, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, Who's adorning? Talking to women. Let it not be after the outward adorning, or plating of hair, or wearing of gold. Now, some people have read that, and have said women shouldn't do their hair, and women shouldn't wear gold. Well, but if that is what it's saying, that verse goes on to say of the putting on of apparel. So if it's saying they shouldn't do their hair and they shouldn't wear gold, it's also saying women shouldn't wear clothes. But we know that's not what it's saying. Women ought to wear clothes like men ought to wear clothes. It's not saying don't do your hair. It's not saying don't put on gold. It's not saying don't look good. But it's saying don't spend all your time just adorning the outward man. See to it first and foremost, verse 4, that the inward man is adorned first. And put that first. Who's adorning? 1 Peter 3, verse 3. Let it not be after the outward adorning of the plating of hair, wearing of gold, or the putting on of apparel. It says, but let it be, let your adorning be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So we notice it calls that man of the heart, it calls him the spirit, and it calls him a man, the man of the heart, a hidden man. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Why is he called the hidden man? Because he's hidden to the physical senses. The surgeon's knife can't find him. The x-ray machine can't see him. The CAT scan can't locate him. He's a hidden man. He's hidden to the physical senses. But he's a man. He's the man of the heart. Notice it's called a spirit. The ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Then in Romans... Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, the Bible says that he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Romans chapter 2, verse 28, for he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Verse 29 says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. We notice here that heart and spirit are used interchangeably. The heart is the spirit. 
Well, just like when you talk about, let's say you were to go to a meeting and um, you've been discussing and then someone comes and says, look, guys, let's get to the heart of the matter. They're saying, let's get to the center. Let's get to the core. Just like you talk about the heart of a tree, the heart of a situation. You're talking about the center around which everything else revolves. We see God's definition of the human spirit in 1 Peter 3, 4. It's called the heart, the hidden man of the heart. And then in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, Paul says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So there's an outward man. And just like there's an outward man, there is an inward man. The outward man is decaying, but there's an inward man who is renewed day by day. See, that inward man is the spirit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, the Bible says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can see from that scripture, the Bible talks about spirit, soul, and body. So there are three dimensions to man's being. Three dimensions. Now, Jesus said in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. God is a spirit. He's a spirit being. Now, God, who is a spirit, said in Genesis 1, 26, that let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. If God is a spirit, and he is, and he made man in his own image and after his likeness, and he did, then man also of necessity must be a spirit being. So man is a spirit created in the image and likeness of God. This man who is a spirit has a soul. He has a soul and he lives in a physical body. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Now watch the soul. The soul consists of the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. And that man who is a spirit lives inside a physical body. So the inward man is the spirit. That inward man who is a spirit has a soul. And that inward man who is a spirit who has a soul lives inside a physical body. At physical death, man who is a spirit together with his soul departs from his physical body. We see a story in Luke chapter 16 from verse 19 through to 31. You know, I'll just refer to a part of it. The Bible says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And a certain beggar named Lazarus laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Says, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Says, it came to pass that Lazarus died and was buried and angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. And he says, And the rich man died and was buried. And he being in hell, lifted up his eyes, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and come and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in these flames. And Abraham said to him, Son, remember that thou during thy lifetime receivest the good things, Lazarus the evil things. Now he's comforted, and thou art tormented. Besides this, there's a great gulf that's fixed between you and us, so that they that will come from hence, thence cannot, neither can they come from thence, hence. 
You know, and then yeah, the, the rich man, remember, he had five brothers. He said, send someone to, who go and tell them so they won't come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Uh, the man said, they may not listen to Moses and the prophets. Abraham said, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, in that will they if one were to be raised from the dead. How true that really was. When Jesus was raised from the dead, they still won't listen to him. But you see, the point there is this. Both men died. Their physical bodies were buried. Yet the Bible talks about them being somewhere else. You see, your body is not you. Your body is just the house you live in. The real you lives inside your body. And that real you is a spirit being. Faith is of that real you. Faith is of the spirit. Faith is of the heart. Faith is not of the soul. Faith is not of the body. Faith is not based on the testimony of the physical senses. Faith is not of the head. Faith is of the heart. Real faith is of the heart. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives inside a body. The new birth is the rebirth of the human spirit. When a man gets born again, the life and nature of God is imparted into his spirit and the man is recreated. It's not the same person he used to be before he got saved. He becomes a brand new creature with the life and nature of God in his spirit, with the substance and being of God on the inside of him. Amen. So the new birth is the rebirth of the human spirit. Romans 12, 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, this was written to folks who were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Yet Paul is writing to them and he's telling them that, guys, see to it that your mind is renewed. See to it that your body is presented to God as a living sacrifice. See, the new birth is not a mental experience. The new birth is not a physical experience. It's a spiritual experience. After we are saved, we are now to see to it that we renew our minds with the word of God. We are now to see to it that we present our bodies to God, a living sacrifice. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. So he's simply saying, I don't let my body rule me. I bring my body into subjection to the real me, who's the recreated spirit. It's just like Galatians 5.16. The Bible says, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does it mean, walk in the spirit? Act based on the dictates of your recreated human spirit. Let your spirit be the dominant man. So faith is not of the head. Faith, real faith, is of the heart. The saving of the soul, James 1.21 speaks of that. And it was written to, James 1.21 was written to believers. It says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So the saving of the soul is a process. The, James was written to people who were saved. James 1.18 says, Of his own will, begat he us of the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his own creatures. So, 
James was telling them, yes, you're born again, but see to it that your soul is saved, which is the same thing Paul said, that your mind is renewed. How? Through the word of God. So your soul is not saved at the new birth. It's your spirit that is. The saving of the soul is a process that continues throughout the rest of our lives as we stay on this side of heaven. Amen. We're to renew our minds with the word of God. So the real man is the spirit and faith is of the heart. Now, in actual fact, faith will walk in the heart with doubt in the head. I'll say that again. Faith will walk in the heart with doubt in the head. Faith won't walk in the head with doubt in the heart. But faith will walk in the heart with doubt in the head. Mark eleven twenty three says, Whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean not to thine own head. You see, thoughts may come and thoughts may persist, but thoughts that are not expressed in words or in actions die unborn. I'll say that again. Thoughts may come and thoughts may even persist, but thoughts that are not expressed in words or in actions die unborn. You see, the most holy saints of God have sometimes found thoughts in their minds that their hearts resented. You cannot stop birds from flying over your head. You cannot stop people from knocking at your door. But you can stop a bird from building its nest on your hair. You can stop uh, the people you don't want to come into your house. You can refuse to let them in. You see, it's just like the devil to bring thoughts of fear, to bring thoughts of doubt, to bring thoughts of defeat. But it's just like us, not to let those thoughts take root in our hearts. Amen. The fact that you have a doubt thought doesn't mean you're doubting. Provided you haven't expressed that thought through your words or through actions, it's dead. Real faith is of the heart. It's not of the head. And it's with the heart that man believes. Real faith is of the heart. Real faith is of the spirit. It's with our spirits that we believe God. So you see, there's heart faith and there's head faith. There's heart faith and there's head faith. What's heart faith? What's head faith? Well, we see an illustration of head faith in John chapter 20 from verse 24 through to 29. John 20, from verse 24 to 29. See, Jesus had been raised from the dead. He now appears to his disciples, and they were delighted to see him. But somehow, Thomas was not there when Jesus appeared to them. And then the disciples, they told Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, he said, except I shall see with my eyes the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You notice, he said, I will not believe. It was a choice. Believing is an act of the will. Believing is acting on, on God's word. He said, I will not believe. Except I see, I choose not to believe. Thomas was simply saying, if your own mumu never do, my own mumu don't do. I don't go believe that thing. Except me, I see this thing. Now, seeing see and believing, with this, my two, two, two koro koro naked eye, I, except I see, I don't go believe that thing. Leave that thing. Leave that side. You see, that's waffy. You know, he was simply saying, I'm not going to believe except I see. 
Now, was that real faith? That wasn't real faith. When Jesus appeared to Thomas, did he commend Thomas? He didn't commend Thomas. He said, Thomas, because when Thomas saw him, he said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. He now said, blessed are those that haven't seen, but yet have believed. Now, was Thomas's faith commended? It wasn't commended. Did it please God? It didn't please God. Why? That was head faith. Thomas wanted to see to believe. Thomas's faith was based on the testimony of his physical senses. And Jesus said, blessed are they that have not seen, but yet have believed. It's just like uh, John eleven forty says, Jesus said, did I not say unto you that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. You know, seeing, they say in the world is believing. But that's not scriptural. The Bible puts it in reverse. The Bible tells us that believing is seen. Jesus said, if you will believe, you shall see the glory of God. The very definition of faith, as you see in Hebrews 11.1, 1, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. You don't see it yet, but your faith is the evidence of it. Faith is being convinced of what you hope for, being confident of what you hope for, being convinced of the reality of what you did not see. You don't see it yet, yet you're convinced of its reality. That's real faith. That's Bible faith. It's not of the head. It's of the heart. It's of the heart. And in actual fact, like we said, faith will walk in the heart with a doubt in the head. The fact that you have a doubt thought or a fear thought doesn't mean you're doubting. As long as you haven't voiced it out with your words or you haven't acted upon it, it's dead. Don't give life to it. Amen. Don't give life to it. Some of the greatest things that have happened to me, some of the greatest miracles that I've received from God, my head kept telling me it's not working. It's not going to work. It's not working. It's not going to work. There were thoughts of doubt. There were thoughts of fear. They kept bombarding my mind. They kept coming against my mind. But right from my heart, I kept saying, the Bible says it. I believe it. And that settles it. I believe according to that which is spoken. I believe according to that which is written. I believe based on the word of God. I believe that I receive. I kept saying that from my heart. I kept acting upon that. And what happened? God's word came to pass. Amen. So real faith is of the heart. It's not of the head. An example of heart faith, real faith, revelation knowledge faith, we see in um, Romans chapter 4, verse 17 through to 21. There was this man, Abraham. He didn't have a son. God suddenly shows up to him and says, Look, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. And Abraham believed according to that which was spoken. What was spoken? What was spoken is, I have made you a father of many nations. Notice God said, I have made you. So Abraham believed, I am a father of many nations. I am a father of many nations. See, hope points to the future indefinitely, but faith takes the answer now. Sometimes you hear folks say things like, I believe that God is going to heal me. Saying you believe God is going to heal you is not really believing. That's just hoping. You see, if you really believe, you'll take it in the now. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, not after you pray, not before you pray, at the moment you pray, you are to believe that you receive it, 
And what will happen? And you shall have it. So you got to believe you've got it when you don't yet have it and then you'll get it. You got to believe the need is met. When there's no evidence of the need being met, then the need will be met. You got to believe that God has heard and answered your prayer. When you don't have any evidence of answered prayer other than the word of God and then the prayer will be answered. Abraham believed regardless of the testimony of his physical senses. He was 99. His wife was 90. Uh, when she was younger, she was barren. She had passed menopause. She was in old age. It had ceased to be with Abraham after the manner of men too. Old age had set in. But Abraham said, well, if God says I'm a father of many nations, then I'm a father of many nations. So Abraham believed the word of God regardless of the testimony of his physical senses. He believed it because God said it. And guess what happened? God's word came to pass in his life. So the word of God works. The word of God is dependable. The word of God can be trusted. It can be acted upon. And don't forget this. If you really believe, you will act. James chapter 2 verse 17 says, Faith without corresponding action is dead, being alone. Heart faith acts upon the word of God. Real faith, which is heart faith, it believes the word of God, regardless of the testimony of the physical senses. Amen. Head faith believes based on what it can see and what it can feel, and it doesn't please God. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. 1 Peter 1, 8 says, Whom have ye not seen, ye love? In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We don't see yet, but we believe. And because we believe, we act like the Bible is true. And then the Bible becomes a reality in our lives. So remember the first thing we said, every believer has faith. Second thing we said, this faith can grow, can increase by feeding it on the word of God and by exercising it. Then the third thing, talking about seven most important things about faith, this God kind of faith, we said, real faith is of the heart and not of the head. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.